Father, that great name represents all that Jesus has done for us and paid for us, Father. And Lord, we thank you that you've granted the use of that name to your church. Father, we can use the same name backed by the same person, Father, who did great signs and wonders and miracles on the earth. Father, we continue His work as if He was still here. It's the same name, Father. So, Lord, we thank You for that. And, Father, the same name that healed 2,000 years ago is the same name that still heals today. Father, we thank You that we as your church have the right and the privilege to live in divine health all the days of our life, free from sickness and disease, Father. So, Lord, we thank you for that. Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Welcome to Healing School, right? Hallelujah. We get to learn all about divine health. And, and um, you know, it would... Uh, um, as part of your daily walk with the Lord, you know, it's, it's important to confess the word over your life because you're declaring uh, how your life will live while you're in the earth. Amen. And so it's good to declare, you know, lots of things that you walk in love and that you walk in faith. And, um, but it's also helpful to declare that you will live free from sickness and disease um, because, you know, the world is, is against that, right? The world... Um, uh, just the, the natural world is dead set against killing you, right? I mean, you know, germs and viruses are everywhere, and your body has a lot of uh, good natural defenses, but uh, oftentimes that, uh, those natural defenses are not sufficient because they're, they're coming up with new stuff all the time. You know, they called COVID, COVID-19, because in 2019 is when they first discovered that particular type of, uh, of disease. Well, how long has humanity been on the earth? Of course, we, you know, we suspect that it was made in a laboratory somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, whether it's made in a laboratory or made in, in nature, it doesn't matter. You know, AIDS showed up in the 80s, you know, and, and um, it wasn't around 1,000 years ago. It wasn't around 100 years ago. Uh, and, um, <clears throat> you know, there's just things that show up. And if it's not COVID-19, it'll be something else. And so, you know, uh, your body does have natural defenses, and we're, we're thankful for that. Uh, but the Lord has provided us uh, a benefit beyond the natural means, beyond the limited means of, of our natural ability to withstand sickness and disease, and it's called faith, amen? amen. And one of the things that we need to uh, remember, and of course I know we know this because we, we teach this a lot, but we're thankful for the supernatural manifestations of the gifts of healings, right? The gifts of healings is one of the nine gifts of manifestations talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And the, per the primary purpose of the, the, the nine manifestations there in 1 Corinthians 12 is to assist those who are, who are not aware of the word and have not grown in faith as, as uh, maybe other people have. And so it's really an act of mercy for the most part on those, uh, those supernatural gifts because every benefit that you obtain from those nine gifts and manifestations can be obtained in your personal life by faith. Uh, and so it's nice that the gifts of healings are in manifestation. We're thankful for that. Um, but if you have to wait for somebody, remember the, in John 5, the man at the pool of Bethesda had to wait for the stirring of the waters? Well, it's not unlike that because 
the, the, in 1 Corinthians, in fact, we'll just turn over there and, and look at a couple things since we're talking about that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a, a key verse there uh, is in verse 11, it says, But all these, so all these nine gifts and manifestations uh, of the Spirit of God, that, that one and the self-same Spirit, all these working that one and the self-same Spirit, so uh, the one that works them is the Spirit, right? He's the one that they come from. Uh, it says, dividing or assigning to every man individually or severally as he will. So, uh, <clears throat> well, when, when is he going to decide to do that? Well, we don't know. It's, a, it's according to him, right? So can we just decide, well, we're going to operate in, in gifts of healings today uh, or working in miracles or special faith? No, we can't decide that. He decides that, right? And if he, if he tells us to do that, then we're thankful that in that moment we have the ability to do that. But what if he doesn't do it? What if he chooses, what if he's thinking, well, it's time for the Word, you know, let's teach the Word instead of doing uh, some gifts and manifestations. Of course, it's entirely within his right as the Spirit of God, as directed by the Spirit of God, or the Spirit of, uh, of the Lord Jesus, it's, it's within his right and the, and the head of the church, the Lord Jesus, to distribute those gifts anytime he wants to, but he also may not anytime he wants to. So you just don't know, right? And so uh, we're thankful that he does do that. But you know, uh, if you have to wait for some fellow, some specific person to yield to that, those one of gifts and manifestations, then that's the same thing as the man at the Pool of Bethesda, trying to get healed, but never timing it right, right? I mean, it was there, the waters would stir. He would try to get there. Didn't get there in time. And if you have to go find somebody that uh, is used in this way, well, you may go on a day where they're not being used in that way. <clears throat> and so what are you going to do? Well, so, so they're not intended, that, uh, we're not intended as a church to live with, with needing these 12 gifts, these nine gifts of manifestation. These are primarily for the lost and those uh, early in faith. Uh, the, the good thing is, Every one of these gifts and manifestations that are here by sovereign will of, of the Holy Spirit, uh, the results of those, uh, <clears throat> whatever you need, whether it's healing or miracles or faith or, or even a word from the Lord, uh, can be obtained by faith. You know, he said, ask and what? It shall, it shall be given unto you, right? Uh, Seeking you'll find, knocking the door shall be opened. So, <clears throat> so you can go and ask the Lord a question, right, which would be, the result of a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Lord, I need some insight into this area. Well, you can get that by having faith. Well, Lord, if I ask you, you said you would, you would respond to me. And so you can obtain that by faith. Um, and if you need healing, he said that by his stripes you were healed. So you don't need the gifts of, uh, of the work of miracles and manifestation. You have a promise for that. Uh, and you know, then he say that he would do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Is that a true statement? That is a true statement from Ephesians 3.20. So any of these gifts and manifestations that are listed here are valuable. They're helpful to the church. They're primarily for the lost to encourage them to come to church and know that the Lord is still alive and real. Um, but everything in here, the church can obtain by faith. And so that's the, what we need to understand is instead of waiting for the manifestation to be on somebody else, we can obtain these same gifts that we need by faith alone. And so it's a different manifestation because it's by faith as opposed to an, an actual uh, an anointing that comes upon somebody in the moment. 
But that should be a good news for us, amen? So we don't have to wait for somebody who's especially used uh, in the area of healing to live in divine health. In fact, uh, really the Lord is always desiring for the church to grow in faith uh, so that we're not depending on somebody else uh, because that's what he wants us to do is to grow and to increase in faith, right? We talked a little bit about that a couple weeks ago from uh, Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, and so, so I, just, I, you know, I just wanted to encourage you that, that all the blessings of the Lord are available by faith. We don't have to wait for a, a special manifestation to obtain a specific promise. There's some things like, <clears throat> like uh, being raised from the dead, um, First of all, we don't have a general promise that, that we can go and pray for somebody to be raised from the dead, right? There's no, in the Great Commission, he said, you can go lay hands on a sick, that will recover, that's fine. But it never says in the Great Commission to go and, and raise the dead. So on something like that, even if we're uh, uh, operating by our own faith, we still have to have the unction of the Lord that that's okay to do that, right? Because sometimes if people are dead, the Lord said, well, then they're dead, right? And we can't, we can't uh, change that course in the direction of that person's life at this point in time. Uh, so, uh, in order to execute and live this way, you really have to know the Word of God. You have to know what it says, what promises are there, any constraints in these promises, right? We all know, for example, that we, uh, <clears throat> the Bible says you can ask, ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Well, that's a true statement, uh, but it's not true, so that means I can ask for anything, you know, uh, a, um, a unicorn or a pink elephant or my neighbor's wife. or uh, No, there's a lot of things you can't ask for. Well, that says you can ask for anything. Well, the, the general count, you have to look at the whole counsel of God, amen? So you can't just pick a verse by itself and say, well, I'm going to make this a super legalistic statement that the Lord made, and it has no other constraints from anywhere else in the Word of God. Well, that, that, that's, you know, that, that's not being a good student of the Word. Uh, and, of course, we all know that, but you always get these people who, who are trying to remove the supernatural aspect of God and say, well, it says there, but then that, that didn't happen for that guy over there. And so they constantly judge the Lord by circumstances and situations that they've experienced in their life. <clears throat> it's not our job to judge the Lord. Amen. We can't say, well, that it didn't happen for that person. So Lord, you, you didn't tell the truth. Are you going to stand in judgment of the Lord? And yet people do that all the time, right? They say, well, healing is not for us today because sister doodad, who was a wonderful saint of God, wasn't healed. So therefore, God chose not to heal her. Well, that, you're standing in judgment of, of the actions of the Lord and his motivations of why that happened when you don't know. I mean, do you know everything about that person? Do you know their heart? Do you know what their desires were? Do you know what secret thoughts they had? What ill will they've held against their neighbor, you know, who cut the bushes too short for a thousand years? And, and you don't know they've been in, in unforgiveness about that person all this time. Uh, and I'm not saying just because somebody doesn't get healed doesn't mean uh, they have secret sin. I'm just saying we don't know. And so don't stand in judgment of the Lord. And yet the church oftentimes stands in judgment over, over the Lord God himself, that he, that he is not a keeper of his own word. And, and I'm just not really feel, I don't feel qualified to make that statement. You know, if he says it, my assumption is that, that he will always do it. Is he not a man of his word? He is a man of his word. <clears throat> and so, but, but we don't quite say it that, that confrontationally. We wrap it up in some, well, his ways are higher than our ways, you know, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And, and so, you know, we just don't know really what he, what he you know, he's, maybe he's trying to teach us something by allowing us to go through, uh, through sickness and disease. And even, even that phrase that he's allowing this to happen, <clears throat> you know, I don't like that phrase because, first of all, it's not really a very good biblical phrase, uh, and it also implies desire. 
it implies that we that the Lord's desire is to allow this sickness and disease when really technically it, it's more accurate to say he allowed it because there's nothing he can do about it. If you want to go get in sin and then there's ramifications to that sin, well, he allowed those ramifications, but only because he couldn't do anything about it. He, he, you have a free will. You can go do those things. Can he make you serve him? Well, he, well, I mean, he's probably strong enough to do it, but he never will, right? And so the Lord, uh, the Lord allows things, but it's not that he allows things by his desire. In fact, uh, I like what Paul, uh, Paul said at the best in Galatians chapter 2. He says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. You ever been frustrated, wanted to do something, but you can't do that? Sometimes you want to help somebody, but you know you can't help them. Aren't you frustrated? Well, it, does, it doesn't change your desire to help, but you know you can't help because they won't allow you to help them. Uh, and so who, who, who is responsible for that? It's the person, right? And so, yes, there are plenty of things that God allows, but it's not, it doesn't change his desire that he's allowing it because he wants that to happen. He allows it because he's frustrated and he's unable to do anything about it because of our free choice, amen? <clears throat> and, you know, and if you can get that settled in your heart, see, that makes everything in the Word of God the same. Because sometimes people think, well, God's really, really good over here, but over here he's not so good. Well, that means he's not the same. He's good all the time, amen? Uh, and he's good enough to allow us to make our own choices. So that's consistent throughout the Word of God. Men have always made their own choices. And then the Lord will work with men uh, up to the extent that they allow him to be in, his, in, in their lives, amen? And so if he allows them to be, if he allows the Lord to be in their lives in a big way, then the Lord can do great and mighty things in their life. But if he only allows them to be in their life in a small way, then he can only do small things in their life. Well, that doesn't mean he's a small God for some people and a big God for other people. It just means that that's all that we allow him to do in our, in, in our lives. And so, so it's, it's God's desire throughout the word of God that we live in divine health. And, you know, and I think really one of the best examples is our friend Moses. Where, uh, how old was Moses when he died? He was 120, right? He was 120 years old. And it says that, it, that his eyes were not dim and his natural force was not abated. And so you remember he walked up, uh, up, up, to the mount, uh, up to the top of the mountain, right? Looked over the promised land. Well, how many 120-year-olds, you know, can walk up the mountain by themselves, unaided, unassisted, with any electric scooter or, you know, uh, helicopter or anything? He did it on his own. Walked up to the top of the mountain, looked over the promised land, saw what he was not going to be able to participate in, and then just gave up the ghost and died. Uh, and... Um, and then, of course, we don't know where he's buried. The Lord buried him. Uh, but, you know, he lived, and he, he was not a perfect man. Was Moses perfect? Did he ever make any mistakes? In fact, why was he not allowed to go into the promised land? Because of a mistake he made, right? He struck the rock the second time, and the Lord told him to speak to the rock the second time. And out of anger and uh, frustration with the nation of Israel, he allowed his flesh to get the better of him, himself. And so he decided to strike the rock. And so the Lord said, because of that, because you would not be obedient, you are no longer allowed to go into the promised land. That's going to fall to your successor, Joshua. <clears throat> and so, uh, so was, was, was that not a sin? Did he not miss the mark there? He did miss the mark there, right? And, and so was that the first time? It wasn't the first time. Remember, he, he killed the Egyptian 40 years before that, right? Uh, uh, and that's why he ended up leaving Israel before that. Uh, because he, 
he killed a man, and then, and then um, he thought everybody would be happy about it. And, and you know, people are not very bright sometimes. They, got up, uh, they, they tried to use that to accuse Moses, and so he ran off scared, got out of the will of God for 40 years, out of the will of God for 40 years, because he sensed in his heart that he was to be the, the one who delivered Israel from Egypt. And, of course, how, often, how, how many times do we know the Lord wants us to do something, and, and, and that's the last time we ask the Lord what we should do. You know, we go off and try to do it ourselves. Well, Lord, you, you want me to do this, so I'm going to go. Uh, I think the first thing I should do to, to follow your will is go kill that guy over there. And uh, how'd that work out for Moses? Didn't work out very well for Moses, right? The Lord never, no, Lord never tell him, go kill those people, right? Uh, in fact, uh, you know, they left Egypt, and of course, all the firstborn died, but there was no war that occurred for them to leave Egypt. And, you know, he was thinking, maybe I'm going to be the, the great general and, and fight the Egyptians and 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 free the nation of Israel from here. You know, uh, oftentimes we get out of, out of the plan of God. We have a glimpse of it, but we don't have the details. That's why I like David's uh, life and ministry so much, because especially early on, anytime he would have an inkling of something to do, he'd say, Lord, now what do you want me to do? You want me to go up and fight him? Okay, if you want me to go up and fight him, which way do you want me to go, left or right, up or down, you know, around this way? He would ask, he'd talk to the Lord all the time. Lord, what do you want me to do? And, you know, sometimes the Lord, you know, may say, well, just wait. You know, we're going to do it this way, so that needs to take some time to happen. Uh, and so, but did Moses not live to be 120 years old? I think as a, as a whole, Moses is one of the best examples because even David, you know, after David sinned with Bathsheba, and then he not only sinned with Bathsheba, later on he sinned by, by receiving a... Um, uh, 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 what's, the, what's the word when they, when they go count everybody? Census. He had to, when did a census with the nation of Israel. Got in trouble with the Lord again about that, you know. And so uh, there were things that uh, David did, and you can see his life kind of diminish over the years. Uh, and in fact, after after that point in time, after the census, uh, the Lord never spoke to him directly. The Lord only spoke to David through the prophet. Before that, the Lord would speak to David. Now, after Bathsheba, uh, he didn't speak to David much. I think once or twice he did speak to David directly, but but mostly through the prophet, like when Nathan came to him. And then after the census, the Lord never spoke to David directly again. He only spoke through the prophet. Uh, and, so he, and so his life and ministry decreased because he, he kept on doing things that were out of the will of God. And yet the Lord always said of David that he was a man after his, his own heart. Never really said that about anybody else, right? Even some of the other kings who followed in the ways of David. You know, that's what the Lord said. He, they followed in the ways of David. Uh, and so, but David in his latter days, uh, was sickly uh, and was cold-natured uh, and, um, you know, died. He couldn't see well. Uh, so he, he, he did not die strong and healthy like Moses did. And I think that Moses had found a path with the Lord, a relationship with the Lord that was unique even in the Old Testament. Now, in fact, Moses said of Jesus that the, that the Lord will raise up a prophet like him, right? And so there was nobody else like him uh, uh, really in the rest of the whole Old Testament, including Elijah, Elisha. Now, Elijah did, did uh, uh, leave the earth without dying. Um, but then Elijah, remember Elisha, remember Elisha in 2 Kings 13, he, the Bible says that he was sick where the sickness uh, that he died from. So, and yet he had twice as many miracles as Elijah, and yet the, the prophet here died of sickness and disease. So we see a lot of that sickness and disease, and, and we see... Really, uh, in, uh, there's a lot of the old patriarchs that died their full life, right? They lived the full length of days. 
Abraham uh, lived the full length of days without sickness and disease. Uh, but, um, but a lot of them did die with sickness and disease. And a lot of it was, if you follow their life, well, they started drifting away from the Lord. Amen. Those that stayed really, really close to the Lord all the days of their life lived out the full length of days with health. And then when it was time for them to go, they just went. Uh, and, uh, you know, I th- I'm thankful that we have th- that ability even more so than our saints of old because we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And he'll, he'll, he'll instruct us, don't say that, don't do that, you know, these types of things. <clears throat> now, in the church, we, we want to help the Lord, right? Well, Lord, I'm, I'm going to help you, and I'm going to live a long life because I'm going to help you. So I'm going to help you because I'm going to eat this food and, and walk this many steps and drink these things and sleep like this and have the right temperature and have the right thing. And so I'm going to help you, Lord, because, you know, we can't do this by faith alone. We have to do it. Uh, I mean, we're going to do it by faith. And, you know, a good meal, right? And we do it by faith and, you know, good, clean water. Uh, and, um, you know, people all this time telling about, well, you know, the reason why we're so sickly in our, in our country is because we eat terrible food uh, because our ancestors ate great food. And I hear this stuff like this all the time. Really? Our ancestors ate better food than we have with no preservatives, just food rotting on the, on the pole over there, rotten meat. And they'd still eat, you know, eat it for uh, two or three days past the expiration date, right? You think they ever ate everything that was perfectly kosher and, and never spoiled or never rotten or never, I mean, you know they did, right? <clears throat> and well, we got less processed food. Well, does the Word of God have an expiration date? Does it say you can live in divine health until we develop, you know, foods with chemicals in it? Is there any expiration? Now, can you, can you go out of balance in that and say, well, you know, uh, then, then I'll just eat whatever I want to. Right? I just eat you know, donuts every day for, you know, for all my meals, and I won't exercise, I won't do anything. Well, anything you do in excess is outside the will of God. So, because the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit of moderation or temperance is the last fruit of the Spirit mentioned, right, of the nine fruits of the Spirit. And so anything that you do in an extreme way is going to cost you, right? So, you know, the, I like what Brother Hagin said. He said... Um, <clears throat> He said, I don't ever go on diets. He said, I just, I, just don't, I just don't eat. He said, in fact, the way he said it is, I just don't make a hog of myself. He said, he eats whatever he wants to eat. He said, he just doesn't make a hog of himself. And, you know, anything you can do, now look, you can do anything in moderation, right? You, can, you should eat what you like to eat, right? But you should do it in moderation. I really, really like, you know, beef. Okay, fine. But if all you eat is beef, you know, and they said red meat's a killer. Well, I, you know, personally, I, I don't see that in the Word of God, right? In fact, I don't see any specific food called out in the New Testament, that's, that's an issue. Uh, but I do see anything done in excess is an issue. And so if, you eat, if all you eat is red meat, well, that's going to be an issue. Uh, if all you eat is donuts, well, that's going to be an issue. Uh, and so um, it, it's uh, um, the Word of God, you know, actually, and, and you know, I've been thinking just, and, and maybe I'll do it, uh, I think it'd be helpful to go through and look at what the New Testament especially says about food and eating. It actually has quite a bit to say about food and eating, and yet in the church, I can't tell you how many times I hear, you've got to eat good food, right? And, and, it's, and good food is expensive. Well, then that means only wealthy people can be healthy, right? Because, you know, poor people can't afford, you know, lean meat. They've got to eat the fatty meat, right? And, uh, healthy people can't, you know, uh, I mean, uh, rich people can afford you know, the best fruits and vegetables, you know, flown in from, you know, the Amazon River. But poor people get, you know, 
dirt bananas and, you know, terrible fruit, you know, got splotches on it and, and got all kinds of uh, uh, pesticides and herbicides on it, you know, but uh, uh, rich people can afford the fully organic food, right? Well, that seems a little bit um, not fair, right? Then only rich people can be healthy. Well, is that, is that the Lord's economy? That, that in order to obtain health, that you have to obtain a certain level of income? Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I just hear a lot of these things because it's so pervasive in the church. And yet I can't find a biblical basis for that. I can't find a biblical basis. Well, you, gotta, you have to exercise in order to, to live, live a long life. And yet, Paul, the only thing he said about exercise, one verse, right? And how much does exercise profit? Profits a little, right? I mean, so is it, is it wrong to exercise? No, it's not wrong to exercise. But, uh, but he also said in the same, uh, well, not the same book, because he said uh, about exercise profit a little in Ephesians, but he said in Philippians uh, that I have no confidence in the flesh. And that's really where we have to be, because if our confidence is, is well, I run a, a mile every day, and, and, and my confidence is, is if I do this natural thing, I will live a long life. Well, then your confidence is in your flesh. Amen. Now, uh, all of our bodies are different, right? Your body's different than my body. Our bodies were, were made from the DNA of our parents. Didn't come from heaven. Our spirits came from heaven, but your body came from the DNA of your parents. So since we live in a fallen world, the DNA of that body may not be as good as the B DNA of the body next to you, right? So there may be things that you have to do to maintain your physical body that someone else doesn't have to do, right? You may have to get more rest or you may have to do certain things. But I believe wherever you are, you know, you find that, you can elevate that by faith. You can say, well, you know, as of right now, this is what I have to do because of the limitations of my own flesh. But by faith, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to where I don't have to do this. But you can't do that just by presumption. Well, I'm just not going to do that. Well, but your body may need that, right? Your body may need certain, certain um, vitamins. I know some people have to take supplements because their body doesn't produce that particular vitamin. Well, then take those supplements, because your body is necessary. Could you overcome that eventually by faith? I believe you could. I don't believe any, there's any reason why, but to do, to do just to throw it out and say, I'm going to live by faith without a real plan or instruction from the Lord to do that, I think you're going to get in yourself in trouble. Uh, and so whatever you do, you've got to do it by faith, not by presumption. You can't just say, well, I'm a man of God. I'm going to live by faith. Well, what were you doing yesterday? I wasn't living by faith. Well, you're not going to start today and be 100% in faith. Amen. So, so, and that's the, when people say, well, you need to use wisdom. The only wisdom I, that, that I suggest is you find out uh, where your heart is. You ha you're the only one who knows where your heart is. And if your heart is, well, you know, I just, I just can't believe God for this thing. I, you know, I can't believe God to overcome this need for a supplement, right? Whatever it is. I know some people, my mom had to take vitamin B12 shots once a month for years. Now, I know some people have to take potassium pills for years. And some people have to take blood pressure medication for years. Uh, and uh, you have to, in your own heart, if, if you don't think you have the faith, then, then take the pill, right? Do the thing. Do whatever. If the doctor says for you, you've got to do these things, well, then do those things. And if, as you do them, uh, work on your faith. It's better to, to stay alive and do these natural things and to, to be super spiritual and dead, right? I mean, it's not going to do you any good to be super spiritual and then die. Uh, and so, and, and that's the balance the church has to find. But it, it should always be, driving towards a life of the spirit, not driving towards a life of natural things that we do. Well, I, you know, I've got 16 filters on my water line and I've got these softeners and these hardeners over here and I've got, you know, this filter over here and I got, 
this thing takes out the ions, this thing's like this, this thing adds stuff. That's great. Everybody can't do that, right? And everybody's not going to be able to do so. So does that mean that you somehow have a right to health because of your financial ability to, to purchase all of these uh, filtration systems that the other person doesn't have? You know, that, that means that there's, a, there's a, a distinction in the body of Christ based on, on uh, income. And I just, I can't see that, right? I, yeah. And so anytime I hear uh, people, and I hear ministers do this a lot, they, they get off on these, on these tangents of natural things. Well, you know, I've got this secret, you know, it's gizzard juice and it's best stuff in the world. And, you know, you need to take this, right? Because I've heard, you know, uh, they did a study in the Himalayan mountains and all these people are drinking this gizzard juice and it really works for them. That's great. I mean, you know, I'm not opposed to it. There's probably all kinds of gizzard juice that really works, right? And, and, and I'm not, you know, and now I know a lot of it is snake oil too that doesn't do anything, but there's, there, there's no doubt things out there that work, amen? But is, is my faith in that thing? My, I just don't want my faith to be in something. Uh, you know, I, I just, I want my faith to be in the Lord. And I'm not opposed if there's things that I've got to do, you know, uh, you know, we have a great advantage in our society that, you know, if you got, if you got a cold, you can go down to Walgreens and there are 16 shelves full of stuff for colds, right? Now you go over to, you know, some third world country, there's, they don't even have Walgreens. Like, you don't have a Walgreens? How do you guys get, get by? Well, we're thankful that we can go down to Walgreens and get those things. And, and so you don't have to be in that great of faith in order to, to take some some pill, and, and so we're thankful for that. I mean, in the sense that that uh, we can relieve some suffering uh, by taking uh, some some medication. And so, uh, we're you know we don't ever want to be found to be against or to condemn people that are doing anything natural, right? I'm not going to condemn somebody because they found something that works for them. Well, I found for me if I get at least eight hours of sleep a night, you know, that's the only way I can function. Well. That, that's great, you know, that, that, if that works for you, it's fine. Uh, but uh, just be aware that your confidence is in your flesh, right? Uh, and, and I know when I was in the corporate world, I mean, it, it's a thing, right? And by law in the corporate world, I got to have my coffee. If I don't have my coffee, I can't function. I mean, you ever heard those words? I got to have my, you know, uh, you know and it's, it's about the third cup is when I start feeling alive, you know. First two cups, I'm just dead man walking. Third cup, there's a pulse, right? And that's, you know, everybody, I mean, so many people in the corporate world, the, the, the professional, that's how they lived. Got to have my coffee, right? And for years, I just wouldn't drink coffee just because it's like, I, I refuse to get involved with that, right? I, you know, now I, I do drink coffee on occasion because I like a warm, you know, a warm uh, cup of something, you know. And, I, you know, I just enjoyed it. It's, it doesn't do anything, you know. Uh, uh, I, was, I was working late last night. And uh, I thought, you know, I'd like a cup of coffee. It was like 9 o'clock, you know, 10 o'clock. And, Are you going to stay up all night? I'll never stay up all night. I could drink a cup of coffee and go straight to bed and be, you know, because, you know, it just, it, um, I, I could drink, you know, uh, a Mountain Dew right before I go to bed and go to bed and go to sleep, you know. Well, I could never do that. Well, you know, then live your life of faith. I'm going to live my life of faith. Uh, and so <clears throat> it's, uh, um, I just drink coffee because I enjoy, just like I enjoy anything else that I drink. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's like a cold glass of water. Uh, and so the, the point is, uh, the Word of God declares many times that the just shall live by faith. And we should examine every aspect of our life. Are we really living by faith? Amen. And what I would encourage you to do, if you're doing something that works for you right now, even if it's in the natural, don't quit it. Say, well, I'm going to quit that because I'm going to live by faith. That, that, that's a knee-jerk reaction, and that will get you in trouble. 
you, you shouldn't quit something until you've looked at it and, and, and asked yourself, am I doing this because I have faith in this thing? Or am I doing that because um, I have faith in the Lord that this thing's going to work? You know, that you can take a pill by faith. Amen. Uh, and so, and that's fine. Amen. So be careful about just, well, I'm going to go home and, and, and empty out my cabinet. I would encourage you, don't do that. Amen. Faith is a, is a, is a process. And, and you should recognize wherever you are, and you should, have, you, you should start with, at, at the very most today, say, Lord, I'm doing this thing right now. I'm not going to change it, but my desire is to someday not have to have this. And so I want you to help me learn how to not use this. And, and if you'll start on that path, he will show you eventually how to get there. Amen. But if you just throw it out, you don't have any more faith five seconds from now as you were five seconds ago. So how are you going to overcome this thing by faith if, if you haven't been training yourself to do that? So, but people do that all the time. They, they'll go, I'm going to throw it all out. And it, I remember Lester Summerall told about a friend of his that, was, that uh, uh, was on heart medication. And some evangelists came into town and said, if you're on medication, you're in sin because you're out of the will of God. And so the man threw his medicine out and then died. He was a close friend of, of Lester Summerall. And Lester was really mad at the evangelist because it, that's, that's kind of, that's fanaticism, right? See, to me, that is fanaticism where you demand everybody to be at 100% faith right now. That's fanatical. Everybody's not at 100% faith right now. Everybody is wherever they are right now. Uh, and so you have to decide for yourself, where are you? And make a plan. Don't just throw it out. Just, you know, Lord, I'm here. You know, I would like to in six months get to a place where I don't need this, right? And what would happen if you did that, you would find out that, you know, uh, I took my blood pressure this morning and, and it's fine without any pill. And you take it in the evening and it's still fine. Well, then maybe that's time to, to not take the pill, right? But if you're, if you're at 180 over, you know, over 180 and you throw your pills out, how, how is that going to help you, right? Uh, that's, that's, uh, we're probably going to be having a service for you. And, and I'll, I'll be glad to preach your funeral and say, dummy, he just, you know, he took something that I said not to do and he did it anyway. And so here we are. And you'll be in heaven going, yeah, sorry. Uh, and so, uh, but, but people do that all the time, amen. And many ministers put people under pressure. You should never be under pressure. Anything you do out of pressure is not the will of God. You should never be under pressure to get rid of your medication. If, if the preaching puts you under pressure to get rid of your medication, that's not the will of God. Uh, because you're, you're reacting emotionally to something that's being said. You're not acting by faith in something that's being said. Uh, and you can't live off of somebody else's. Well, they got rid of their medication, so I'm getting rid of mine. Well, how many years did they take that medication before they got off of it? You know, how, how long did they work at it by faith? Every time they took the pill, Lord, this is one less pill I'm going to be taking in my life. Uh, you know, maybe they were doing that for years and then finally got off of it. You're just going to throw it out immediately. So, you know, we've got to find that balance of it. And to me, that's the wisdom, right? But people oftentimes say, well, wisdom should be separate from the Word of God. Wisdom is ignore the Word of God and make sure you eat good food. Well, that, that, you know, to me, that's not wisdom. That, that's natural wisdom, amen? And we don't live by natural wisdom. We live by uh, supernatural wisdom, amen? Uh, and so, <clears throat> so I, you know, I, uh, there, there's a real balance there. And I, and I don't even know that I've found the balance because I, I, it, it, it's this whole discussion about things that are done in the natural is so pervasive in the church, very pervasive in the church. And I cannot find a biblical principle for it. And I struggle with, well, why is it so common? 
Why is it so common that so many people talk about, what are you doing in the natural? Oh, well, I've got these new shoes. If you get these shoes, they're the best shoes in the world. You don't, you don't have any more pains at all. Well, can you not, you know, I mean, Jesus walked on sandals, right? They weren't Rockport sandals. They were just sandals, right? Made out of terrible leather, I'm sure, compared to what we have available to us today. And yet all he did was walk everywhere he went. And yet did he have uh, bad ankles? You know, did he have, you know, bad joints because of that? They worked on dirt roads, you know, and, uh, and cobblestone roads, you know, from the Roman Empire. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, those things had to be, in, except for the Lord, had to be terrible on your joints and, and uh, your feet and things. Uh, and how much good have we, better have we got it today with, you know, I mean, my shoes right here. If you look at the, if you cut these shoes open, there's like six layers of things, right? They got this layer for this and this layer for that and this layer for that. Well, they didn't have that, you know. And yet, how many people in today's society still suffer from significant foot problems because, well, I just got bad, you know, I can't get good shoes. I can't afford good shoes. So is the Lord limited then in that? It's just, um, again, you, you have to walk out your own faith, right? You have to walk out your own path. I know that. Um, and, and my concern is not that, I'm never concerned when people do whatever they need to do to be comfortable, right? Uh, that doesn't bother me a bit if they have to buy really expensive shoes to, in order for their feet to be comfortable, then that's great. Uh, my concern is when people from the pulpit say, you need to buy new sh- good shoes, because that's wisdom. You know, I just, ah, what about the guy, you know, or they, they never wore shoes. You know, they can't afford shoes, no shoes, right? They can't afford zero shoes all their life because they're so, they live in a poor country and, and, and um, are they stuck? Does that mean that they're stuck with having uh, uh, bad joints all their life because they can't afford good shoes? That's my concern, right? So my concern is when we, when we kind of leave the Word of God and say, here's a list of good natural things that you all should do. Um, and, and look, number one, I'm not a medical doctor, right? You, you, if your doctor tells you this, this is something you should do, then I would encourage you that's what you should do, right? Unless you have other information, unless the Lord says, don't do that, well, that's fine, right? Because the doctors are only practicing anyway. And they're going, of course, they're going to look at you like you're crazy, right? Uh, but, you know, my doctor asked me what, what I attribute my, my uh, great health to, and I told him it was the Lord, and he ignored everything I said. He said, well, you need to eat more fruits and vegetables and start taking this medication. But I just told you that I've lived healthy for 57 years with none of that stuff, and... and and I don't have any, well, what's your secret diet? I eat whatever I want to. That's my secret diet, right? <laughs> whatever. Well, how much do you eat? Well, less than my body wants, right? Because uh, that, uh, that would be uh, temperance, right? Uh, so if my body says eat it all, I tell my body to shut up, right? And so because my body doesn't run me, run my life. And so, so anyway, let, let's turn back to, um, to the book of Psalms. So uh, Dr. Yeomans is going through the book of Psalms and just looking at, Different, uh, not just Psalms, but also in Proverbs and other places too, but uh, <clears throat> uh, just going through and, and just uh, seeing what, what the psalmist said, uh, mostly in relation to healing too, right? She does kind of drift off from some of these things. They're all good Psalms. Of course, all the Word of God is always good, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so she mentioned this particular Psalm. This is Psalm 128, and, and she read the whole thing here. So, and I think it's a great Psalm. It says in verse 1, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Well, right there you could preach. I mean, everything I've said today is this verse. Where are you looking for your help? Are you looking for your help from aisle number three at Walgreens? Or are you looking for your help from uh, uh, the hills from whence cometh your help? Uh, I'm looking, now see, I'm convinced that the Lord 
would and probably has said, for you, you need to go down to aisle three and get this thing from Walgreens. Yes, sir, I'll be glad to do that. Right? If he tells you, and I, and I believe he would, because he knows where your faith is, right? And if your faith is, well, you need this thing right here in order to sleep well at night, no, no problem, right? And, and, and in fact, uh, we're in Psalm 121. If you go over to Psalm 127, which is just, you know, my next page, because these Psalms are all short right through here. Verse 2 says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, and to eat the bread of sorrows, for he giveth his beloved sleep. So who gives me sleep? The Lord does. You know, I used to have problems sleeping and, and, and uh, went to actually two different ministers to get some help. And both of them just were really, both of them were really patronizing. You ever been to a patronizing minister? Oh, son, it's just okay, right? It'll be all right, you know. And he's like, well, that didn't help me, you know. And, and, and really what the Lord had showed me was that there was a demonic, not, I wasn't possessed, but there was a demonic influence in my life that was causing me difficulty in sleeping. Well, can the Lord show you those things? Sure you can. Well, I'm just a kid, right? I'm like 20 years old. He showed me these things. And, and so I'm, I'm thinking, well, I need help. I don't know what to do about this thing. Anybody know what to do about a demon? I know, I know what to do about it now, but back then I didn't know. And so I went to a couple people. And, and in fact, the last one I went to, you don't have a demon. That's what the Lord showed me. Now, I wasn't trying to keep it, right? I wasn't like, well, it's my demon. You know, I'm keeping it. I was wanting to get help to get out of, get it out, get out of my life. And, and he said, well, you don't have it. Well, then I, then, I mean, I've got the problem. I can't sleep. And you're telling me I don't have a demonic, you know, but you didn't help me in any other way. You just said, well, you know, you don't have a demon. Just leave. And I'm thinking, what? what, what that's just messed up. I mean, if you came to me and said, I, I need some help. I've got this demonic presence in my life, you know. Now, look, can, can people be whacked out? They can be. I understand. But I, I'm not one of those people, right? I don't. I mean, I had, I had a, somebody said, there's demons in my pants, right, at, uh, in his house, right, in his drawer. You open up his drawer, there's demons in his pants, right? Now, he didn't have no demons in his pants, right? He, 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 I mean, he, he probably was suffering from demonic influence because he just, all he did was talk about the devil. In fact, I said, I said, every conversation we have, you mention the devil, every conversation. So you got, you're devil-minded. And, you know, I, I go for a long time, I don't even think about the devil. I mean, what a waste of effort, right? Uh, and so, but I couldn't sleep. And so, uh, and I, and so I kind of went to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm stuck. I've gone to this minister. He didn't help me at all. You know, kind of slapped a prayer on me, but there was no, you could tell there's no faith in it. He was like, yeah, whatever. You know, you know, sometimes people are disrespectful to young people, right? Uh, these two ministers were, were disrespectful to me because I was young and they assumed that I didn't know anything. And I didn't know anything. That's why I obviously went to them for help. But I was no better off going to both of these ministers, you know, full-time ministers, right, of the gospel. Went to two of them, and neither one helped me. And they were both very patronizing to me. Oh, you know, whatever. <clears throat> and, and so I'm just kind of stuck. And, but I've always known I can find everything I need in the Word. So the Lord just encouraged me, go to the Word and find out what the, what the Word says about sleep. And it says right there, He giveth His beloved sleep. Well, that's all i got to know. I don't got to know anything else. You know, I didn't go down and... Because, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't think of, well, I, I can go down and take a pill. Because sleeping pills, for one thing, are one of the worst things. That, that, you know, they, they help a whole lot of people, but they also are very hard on your body because you're, they're basically forcing you into a position that you're not, your body's not trying, to, not trying to be in. And, and if you look at the, side of, the possible side effects of sleeping pills, they're serious, right? I mean, you know, depression and anger and suicidal thoughts. Um, it's tough. And so, 
Uh, now, is it okay to take a sleeping pill? That's between you and the Lord, right? None of my business, absolutely. But this was my path. Uh, uh, Lord should go to the Word. Well, the, this is a prescription. He gives his beloved sleep. I can take this twice a day, sleep well. So, so I had for years not been able to sleep well, years. Right? Even after we got married, not sleep well. And this verse along with, with uh, Proverbs 3.24, um, he gives a sweet sleep. Those two verses, very short verses. Uh, I, I took two of those two pills every night before I went to bed. Lord, I thank you. And I just combined them. I said, Lord, you give your beloved sweet sleep. Uh, and that was, my, that was my prescription. Every night before I went to bed, you, you give me sweet sleep. And within two weeks, having dealt with bad sleep for 20 years, within two weeks, perfect. Never had a problem after that, right? Uh, and so, uh, and now I can sleep anywhere. Sleep on an airplane, sleep on a stump. I can sleep, you know, I can sleep on the worst beds. You know, I can only sleep on a good bed. I can sleep on a bed of nails, dirt. It doesn't matter. Anywhere I can sleep because it says he gives his beloved sleep unless you're on a, a sleep comfort 60, number 64 bed. Is that what it says? No. Yeah. And now look, I don't, I'm not opposed to sleep comfort number 64 bed, right? But it, it doesn't say that. It says he gives his beloved sleep. So does he give, does he give his beloved sleep? Now, how do I activate that? I believe it. Well, I can't sleep uh, unless I've got, you know, my pillow, my, you know, my, my precious pillow. I've had this since I was five years old. It's my pillow, right? Well, <clears throat> he gives his beloved sleep as long as he has his precious five-year-old pillow. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't say that. And so, so if, if, you, if you override this promise with the reason why it won't work, then you don't have any faith in the promise, right? If you say, I can only sleep, it's got to be 69 degrees, you know, 80% humidity or less, you know, got to have a fan moving around there, and, and, and nobody talking, everybody quiet, shut up, I'm trying to sleep. Now, I used to go to sleep in the middle of, a, of the living room, kids are screaming around, yeah, you know, running around every time, you know, and every time I'd get aggravated at them because, you know, they would be rather boisterous sometimes. But if I'm, t- I just go to sleep, just take a nap, you know, and, and what if they're all loud? It doesn't say he gives his beloved sleep unless the ambient uh, sound level is, is 85 decibels or less. Does it say that? It doesn't say that, right? I have to have my mask when I sleep. Does it say that? It doesn't say that. So, you know, when I read the word of God, if it says he gives his beloved sleep, then as a humble servant of the Lord, my response is, oh, okay. You said you give me sleep, then you give me sleep. No, now, if it said he gives his sleep... Only, you know, uh, uh, in the fall, then I can sleep well for three months, and after that, I'm stuck, right? But it doesn't say that. There's no limitation on this right here, right? And I've been with ministers, gone on an airplane. First thing they do is order them little shots of whiskey, you know, them little shots of whiskey, right? And they say, that, and I, one of them said that, uh, they, and he's looking at me because he knows, you know, well, he's thinking I'm judging him. I'm like, none of my business. You do whatever you want to. I don't care. But then he lied, and he said, I have to have this to sleep. But, you know, and, I, and so I'm thinking, oh, Psalm 127, verse 2 says, for he giveth his beloved sleep as long as he takes one little shot of whiskey. Oh, okay, well, you must have, you know, that must be the, the is that the Passion Translation? Is that what it says that, you know? Uh, <laughs> the Passion Translation gets, a, gets some bad, bad rap sometimes, right? But it's probably the Message Bible. That's what it is, right? Message Bible, they always go way out there, right? Or probably the Living Bible, right? <clears throat> he gives his beloved sleep as long as they take a shot of whiskey right? Is that what it says? It doesn't say that. So it's a, I have to have it, right? 
See, that's a lie. He says, I like to have it because it does help me. Okay, fine, right? It's still not very true, but, you know, at least you're, you're given some leeway there. But when, when we say, I have to have it, see, you're saying the word is not sufficient. These natural things is, is the only thing that's sufficient, right? So I have been working this for, I mean, we've been married now for, for how long we've been married? 33 years? 34 years? 34 years this, in August, right? So 33 years. Well, we were, we were married five years before I figured this out. So now we've been married longer with good sleep than I live without good sleep, right? And I live without good sleep for 20 years, right? Uh, and so it's, uh, uh, the Word of God is just awesome, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So it could be that there's one or two either lack of peace or fear. Yeah. And there could be a lot of things, right? There could be a lot of the, the source of that could be a lot of things. For me personally, it, uh, I'd gotten into fear as a child and allowed that fear to control my life, and it became a demonic uh, influence in my life. That was my particular path. But other people could be out of no peace, right? Turmoil or fear or whatever. You know, it could be a lot of reasons why, right? And, and in, your, in your own walk with the Lord, you've got to find that out. Lord, why, why, do, I have, why do I have trouble? I knew, I knew why I, did, I couldn't sleep. <clears throat> and I knew the source of it was, was this demonic. And the, the interesting thing is, the Lord never told me to rebuke the devil. Uh, he said, just conf- confess these, these promises. And oftentimes, the devil, you don't have to address the devil directly. If you confess the word of God, you get the promise. And, and the devil tries to attack that promise, and he's unable to override the word. And he'll just quit and leave and go somewhere else, right? <clears throat> you know, maybe some of you, I don't know if you got my devil or not, but uh, he wasn't really my devil, but, <clears throat> you know. Um, but, you know, he probably showed up at somebody else's house, knocked on the door, said, hey, I came to give you bad sleep. Well, come on in, you know. I love it, you know, no problem. <clears throat> and so, yeah, there, there's a lot of people who struggle. With, and sleep is, is a big issue. It, for everybody, right? For a lot of people, anyway, it's uh, they they can't sleep. They don't sleep well at all. Uh, and and um, you know, the doctor said, "Well, how many times a night do you get up uh, to go to the bathroom when you sleep?" Never. Really, you never go? No, never, never, right? I mean, you know, I say never. I say never. It's like rare, you know. <clears throat> if I go drink a, a big Slurpee cup right before I go to bed, I'm going to get up in the middle of the night, right, and and and, and do that. But um, <clears throat> but uh, never do that, right? Sleep all night long. Wake up. Uh, and and uh, refreshed every day, and I've been I've been working this for a long time, and I love it. Right, I love, and I will sleep well all the days of my life. And I declare that to be so because it will be so. Uh, and so, see, that's where my help comes from. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills, from whence cometh my help. You know, I am a hundred percent convinced all my help will come from the hills. Well, and I don't I don't mean this hill up here in Dayton Mountain. I mean the Lord. Right, my help comes from Him. And I choose to live this way. <clears throat> and, and, and I'm not opposed to doing anything else, right? I'm not opposed to, you know, if the, if the doctor said, well, you really need to do this. And, and, and um, you know, the current doctor I've got, jury's still out. You know, I don't know if he's a pill doctor or not. Some, some doctors are pill doctors, right? Oh, you got to take a pill. Well, they just take a pill. Well, well, how about if I just, you know, see how it goes for a little bit, you know? Uh, and so, uh, so we'll see, you know, we'll see how he turns out. He said, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. So he, so see, I'm not supposed to be up at night all the time. He is, right? He doesn't sleep. I'm supposed to sleep. 
And, and why is it? I don't know. You know, you have to sleep, right? They, they, I mean, doctors know if you, if you, go, if you go even uh, like, like 48 hours without sleep, you are a basket case, right? And they tell you all these things that, you know, your mind does things, you know, it cleans out a bunch of stuff. And I mean, is all that true? I don't know if, how much of it's true or not, but they do, you know, they, they do learn some things about why these things are important. Now, and, and, and as long as humanity's been here, we've had to sleep. Jesus had to sleep, right? In fact, where, where was he uh, when they were going to the other side? Remember when they went to the other side of the, of the sea? He was where? He was in a hinder part of the ship doing what? Sleeping. Well, it says he never slumbers, but he didn't, this, this God here doesn't have a natural body. Jesus had a natural body. And even and his natural body was a perfect natural body, right? It was, it was like Adam's natural body. It didn't have the sin nature in it like yours body does and my body does. He had a perfect natural body, and yet he still required sleep, right? <clears throat> so if Jesus had to sleep, then you've got to sleep, amen? Well, I don't need to sleep, you know. It's just, it's wait, now, you know, to me, it's like if I could just never sleep, I'd be happy. I mean, I'd work all the time, you know, I, I would love it. But, you know, and a lot of time I'll push through and, you know, I went to bed, I think it was uh, one or two o'clock, even just last night. You just, you just, you know, <clears throat> to me, it's, it's such a non-productive amount of time, right? I know it's helpful, but it's like, man, if I could just not sleep, there's so many things I could do, right? Uh, but that, there's no promise that you don't have to sleep. In fact, the promise is he'll give you good sleep, right? So that's the promise. So that means you've got to sleep, amen? So, so see, fanaticism is, well, I don't, I don't have to sleep. But why would he promise you to have good sleep if, if you don't have to sleep? That doesn't make any sense, right? See, that's fanatical, right? That, that's not even biblical. It's not faith. It's just it's presumption, and it's outside the will of God. Uh, but people will say things like that, right? Well, I don't have to sleep. I don't buy that a bit. I don't ever sleep. I don't buy that a bit, you know? Now, of course, some doctors say, you're going to have a minimum of eight hours of sleep. That's, yeah, why? Who came up with that number? Why not six? Why not seven? Why not eight? Why not nine? Why not, you know, four and a half? I don't think there's a number. I think whatever works for you is what works for you, right? Everybody's body is different, and so you find that path and, and, uh, and, and, and follow that path, right? But he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall pres preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. He shall, the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in uh, from this time forth and even forevermore. So if he preserves me from all evil, surely that would, con that would con uh, also um, include sickness and disease. Is there any good sickness and disease? Uh, is any good sickness and disease is trying to kill you? I mean, the smallest germ is trying to kill you right now, right? Your body has probably deflected a thousand germs just today without you even knowing it. Every one of those germs left unchecked will kill you, right? You know, people have uh, diminished immune systems. They can't go anywhere, right? They, get, they put them in bubbles, right, where everything is filtered out. Not even the simplest germ uh, because that, that simple germ would kill them. Uh, so if he's going to preserve us from all evil, all sickness and disease has to be put in the evil column, right? There's no, yeah, that's a good sickness and disease. Nobody's saying that, right? Uh, and so <clears throat> uh, that, that's a healing verse, right? Uh, that you could use that verse alone. It doesn't say anything about healing, but you could use that verse that the Lord preserves me from all evil. Uh, he preserves my soul, but the Lord preserves me from all evil. Uh, and so uh, that's why, you know, there's a lot of verses that don't say healing that can be used for healing, right? Uh, the Lord shall preserve me from all evil. And so... Uh, all, all sickness and disease is evil, right? All sickness and disease is trying to kill you. Uh, and so you could use that verse right there. 
to, to get out of sickness and disease. Amen? Uh, and so uh, it's about time for us to go. We'll, pick, we'll continue this up next week there. She's got some good things to say about this, this particular verses here. But these are, this, that, and that's a whole chapter right there, right? Psalm, 1, Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. That's a whole chapter. So that's a good chapter right there, right? It's a good chapter to read that about what the Lord's doing. He's, he's neither slumbering nor sleeping. He, he's never unaware of you. He's always aware of you and your life and what you're doing. He's never going, well, I'm going to go to bed now. I'll, I'll see you in the morning. The Lord never does that. He sees you all the time, right? Uh, and so, uh, so we're thankful for that, amen? <clears throat> and so, you know, in all, in all of his discussion, especially at the early part of the, the service, you don't, don't take these things out of context and say, well, I'm, I've told you to get rid of all your pills and just eat worse food. I, I haven't told you to do any of those things. Um, you find out what works for you. But see, people will take those, those fragments of things that are said and say, well, you're against, all, you're against all medication. I'm not against all medication. I'm against snake oil, but I'm not against all medication. I think there's a lot of medications that have, that have saved humanity, right? And I think the Lord gave us that. Things like the polio vaccine and, and uh, things like penicillin and things that have, have saved humanity, amen? Uh, and so, because the Lord's merciful and kind to us. And so... I think there is a lot of things, especially I think around the COVID stuff, there was a lot of misinformation from the, the drug manufacturers and from the government. They weren't giving us the full story. You know, at the end of it, they, they basically said, well, yeah, um, uh, we implied, in fact, we even said that, that taking this vaccine will keep you from, from um, transmitting this sickness to other people. And we lied that we never tested that. In fact, it doesn't do anything to diminish the transfer of the sickness from you to somebody else. So, that, I mean, that's like a major reason why people took the, took the vaccine. So the problem with the government is they lie, right? And now they don't always lie, but for that area, they did lie. You know, I'm, clearly the polio vaccine has been a great benefit to humanity. And smallpox vaccine has been a great benefit to humanity. Uh, but, the, but for whatever reason, because, and that's the world we live in right now. Everything is drama, right? Everything is, is you've got to do this because we're going to tell you to do this. And, you know, and it's so hard to find the truth in those things. You know, and, and, and now, look, I, I actually received the vaccine shot, right? Because we travel a lot, and we thought it necessary to do that. And we took it by faith. Well, we're going to take it, and it's not going to hurt us. Really don't, don't expect it to help me either. It's, I'm only getting it to get the card, right? I'm only getting it to say, hey, I've got my cards and paper. And, and my, my faith is, was not in that shot. My faith is not afraid of that shot either. Uh, and so, uh, so, you know, if you didn't take it, that's fine. If you did take it, that's fine, right? I, I mean, I don't care. It, doesn't, it just doesn't matter to me. I didn't take it because I, I was thinking, well, this is going to help me, uh, keep me from getting COVID at all. My faith was not in that at all, amen? And so um, we just did it out of, out of the abundance of, uh, of a need for us to travel. And so because we didn't know, and they never did really do it, but uh, we suspected, and I think they tried, to make it where you had to have a vaccine shot to, to do anything. Uh, and now if you're going to go to Canada, you had to have a vaccine shot, right? And so um, anyway, uh, and it doesn't bother me. You, don't, you know, don't you, you know, don't you feel bad for doing that? No, not a bit, right? Uh, even if they lied, you know, that's not on me, that's on them. Amen. Uh, and so, and they did lie, didn't they lie? It's terrible how they, well, they did, right? And we lost so much confidence as a nation in those who are supposed to be helping us, amen? Uh, and so, but my faith is always in the Lord anyway. No, my faith is never in CDC or the government or any vaccine or shot I take. My faith is always in the Lord. Amen. 
And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that uh, we have the, the freedom and the ability, Father, to declare that, that you will deliver us uh, and preserve us from all evil. Father, you will preserve us. There is no evil that, that, is, that we cannot be preserved from. And so, Father, that would include sickness and disease and maladies and aches and pains. Father, we have a right and a privilege to live free from all of those things. And so, Father, we will live free for them by your word, by our faith, Father. Uh, there are things for us to do, and we are unable to complete the Great Commission if we are unable to move. And so, Father, we thank you that you, that you who never sleeps nor slumbers, will watch over us to preserve our physical lives until the day that we are to come home with you. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. You know, it's just, uh, I, I love the Word of God. I love, you know, these promises. When I read those promises that He will preserve me from all evil. See, just, when I read that, just my, my heart is, is encouraged. Just reading that verse, you're like, wow, that means I'm good. That means for the rest of my life, I can be good with that one portion, not even the whole verse, but just that one half of that verse that He will preserve me from all evil. I can use that for anything, right? I can use that at Walmart. I can use it, you know, for sickness and disease. I can use it when I eat chicken nuggets at home. I mean, I can use it for anything, right? I mean, use it for all, all when I'm mowing the yard, right? If I'm, you know, uh, people are, oh, you know, you better, better not go outside. There's dogs outside. Whatever. He will preserve me from all evil, right? Uh, it just, I'm just not going to be afraid. You know, now if the Lord says, don't go outside, no problem, right? Because sometimes he would. Uh, but I'm just, uh, you ever seen people that just unreasonably afraid of some odd things? Just, you know, I mean, they, they, would, they would tackle a buffalo, but they're afraid of a spider, right? You know, and it's like, well, well why are you over here? Okay, you can tackle a buffalo, but you're afraid of a spider, you know? See, that's just, that's just, there's just weird things like that. But if he preserved me from all evil, he would preserve me from the buffalo and a spider, amen? And not that I've had that you really either interact with either one of those, right? And so... Uh, but praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And um, I think I told you that, um, uh, that Rick Renner's ministry had ordered some of our books, and they'll be offering them here uh, next month on their television show. And so if anybody, you know, I've been watching it here lately, but um, uh, if you happen to watch it, you know, it's available online on TV. Uh, let me know if you do see that before I see it. Amen. Because uh, I'd like to see what he says about it. So. All right, we'll come ahead, Mr. Jared. <clears throat> and um, uh, we did have a good time down in uh, Florida with Brother Randy. And it's good to see him and see all the other ministers down there. It's just a good group of folks. In fact, uh, one of the ministers, um, the book we have back on the, on the table there about uh, how to build a strong local church, the author of that book is going to be here with us um, uh, in about three weeks. And so looking forward to seeing him here. He's been a pastor for 40 years. The Lord said it's time to hand the church over to your son and to, uh, and to go travel and tell people the things, teach people the things that I've taught you over the years. And so uh, he'll be here uh, on that day doing our, both of our services. So looking forward to seeing him there. And um, uh, you'll, you'll really enjoy him. I mean, he's just uh, he, kind of like my hair. It's like someday I hope to be just like him, right? <laughs> So anyway, praise God. We'll be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend, Lord, and, and uh, we'll see you at Healing School next, next Sunday, right?